Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me we got Jameson, we got Ty, and we're here to talk about um, what's been a very turbulent 48 hours uh, in Norman. Uh, things are still crazy, uh, believe it or not. When your head coach leaves, uh, a lot more stuff happens. So uh, yeah, from from Sunday's uh, emergency podcast to now, uh, there's a lot to cover, a lot to break down. Uh, but I want to start off uh, by asking Ty, um, what was your reaction when it all went down? Because uh, Jameson and I got all of our, you know, kind of first thoughts out. But I want to hear what you have to say about Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I really enjoyed uh, the podcast that you guys did. I, I really enjoyed uh, particularly uh, near the end, Jameson sort of talked about how he, he doesn't disagree with the decision. I think it makes sense uh, – it, it makes sense for Lincoln Riley. I think he likes to be, uh, I think, and I'm not trying to say this as, as an insult necessarily, but I think he likes to be the big fish in the small ponds. I, th- I think he enjoyed being at OU when we ran the big 12 uh, and probably wasn't looking forward to the sec. Uh, and he loves recruiting. I mean, that's he's, he loves recruiting and loves developing, you know, his players. And I understand there's a whole, you know, betrayal aspect with the ones here and, and other recruits and whatever, but Southern California, that school is just an excellent spot for him to be great at recruiting, be the big fish in the small ponds. Uh, Are they going to win national championships there? I don't know. I I don't want to say yes or no either way. I'm leaning towards no, but I think he'll win conference championships, and I think he'll do great at recruiting, and and I think he'll be very happy and fulfilled there. So, um, yeah, it sucks. But the two biggest things I have to say just real quick is – OU is so beyond lucky, cannot be described how lucky we are to have Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops is OU football. I know he says over and over that the program is bigger than just one person. He is OU football. Like there is not another school out there that has a coach at his age that is retired, that is ready and willing to just step in and go full bore, you know, go out on the recruiting trail, step up for press conferences, step up to coach the games. Nobody has that. Literally no one else. There's a few schools that have some really, really old dudes that would if they could. And we'd, if we didn't have Bob, we'd have Barry. Barry Switzer would come out there and and uh, do everything he could. You know he would. He was at the press conference. Um, how, qu- how quick do you think Barry would get a uh, recruiting violation if he started today? Well, it's the NIL era, so I don't know. Because I feel like he would just find a loophole where he could like personally sponsor people and just show up with a T-shirt that said like Barry Switzer and then just literally a brown bag of cash. Uh, Switzer wine and spirits. Uh, yeah, uh, sponsor you. So. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah. Switzer wine. No, and, and then yeah, and then just real quick, the the second big point that I had uh, that you guys didn't really hit on because it sort of was stirred up later on, and I know with our friends, I know it's been a big talking point for other people in the uh, in the Big Twelve is the Lincoln Riley move is not comparable to the OU SEC move or the Texas SEC move in my opinion because we announced our intention to move last august and we still don't know when we're moving presumably it's going to be this uh you know coming august but it might not be you know it it might be down the road we don't know but at a minimum ou and texas gave a year's notice that we were going to be leaving and then we continued to dedicate 100 percent, you know to the big 12 as long as we're here you know we're going to go and and presumably in, in the bowl games play an SEC team, play our next future conference, and we're severely disadvantaged, but we're going to go and give it our best for the Big 12. That win-loss record is going to go in for the Big 12 when we go in there and and win or lose. So I wouldn't necessarily compare a guy literally announcing and then being gone like literally 12 hours later who's doing a press conference for the next school and just ghosting us while we still have games left. I would not compare – those uh those two at all i understand it's a sore subject for for fans of other schools i understand we still kind of screwed over the other schools but had lincoln riley announced to us last november hey next november i'm going to be going to usc obviously you know there's some stuff that you can't prevent just like the other big 12 schools can't prevent some stuff but you know a year's notice is is not the same as hey by the way i'm i'm outie so and also, we're going to take all of your recruits, which is, you know, that's part of the business. But you have to be, you have to be ruthless. You have to be lethal. You, you, you can't just dilly dally in recruiting. And I understand that. But also, it's just, it, it stings. And we'll get into the recruiting corner a little bit. But um, I want to touch on your Bob Soup's point. And let's just, let's just jump right into that one. Uh, 
Bob? Hello. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> Hello to you, too. Um, because I, I think, you know, one of the few things getting me through all of this is that press conference. And there wasn't a lot of substance to it other than just general, like, look, we're still Oklahoma. We're still, the like, the program you know and love. We weren't all just Lincoln Riley this whole time, which is kind of what OU had become. Which, is, it worked. It worked for recruiting, for sure. Uh, Jameson can attest to that 100%. But it's not a, it, you know, it's not a sustainable model. Just having one guy, and then when that guy leaves, the door falls, or, you know, the floor falls out from under you. You have, you have to rebound, and you have to have a guy like Bob Stoops. There was a very good article Kerry Murdoch wrote where it's like, you have to have a guy like Bob Stoops, who is all about the program. But you also have to have a guy like Lincoln Riley, who's about development and, you know, what he can do for you. So finding that blend is going to be huge. Check that out on Sooner Scoop if you haven't. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think having a program guy is exactly what you need right now in these tough moments, these trying times. You need a Bob Stoops uh, to come in and, you know, steady the ship. And he did that. J- Jameson, I, I know you're not an emotional guy, you're, but, y- you know, you're more logic. What did you see out of Stoops, and what does that mean for the program? What is this demeanor? What is what did that press conference show you? Here's my thing with Stoops, and um, I feel like a lot of people are getting pumped up and very excited for him. But in all honesty, in the grand scheme of things, other than a morale boosting, there's not much more of a place for him. He's going to coach the bowl game, but we're clearly going to have a coach probably before the bowl game. I'd hope so before the bowl game. So – Maybe people can get pumped up and he's going to recruits teams and everything. All he is is just a spokesperson. Um, he's just convincing people and uh, he's not really that huge of a part of this like football team moving forward after this bitch. I understand he's in the athletic department, but it's just nice to have someone to put that message in someone that it's easy to listen to. And it's helped the fans kind of, you know, you know, cope a little bit. It's a nice little, you know, crutch. And you're like, oh, the good old times. Remember with Bob Stoops and people can have some little member berries right now. But other than that, I mean, it's all about just boosting people's morale. And well, I, but, but that's my thing is what's that's I, I feel like that's more than just, you know, because long term, look, let's be honest, Bob's not going to be on the sideline, obviously, beyond this one mm-hmm. game and the offseason. But it, it, it is so important because otherwise, uh, who do you got going up there? You, you, yeah, you, have you don't have Grinch, obviously. So you, Can you imagine have... Joe Castiglione trying to do this press conference without Bob Stoops? That would have been tough. Who, who, who do you have? Because yeah, yeah, Faraz who... didn't say a single thing the whole time. So <laughs> Castiglione yeah. was like, hey, are you going to talk? Or... <laughs> yeah, um, but that's my thing is like, who, who would you have se- who would you be sending no, out on all these recruiting trips? Die. That's Yeah, well, that's, have... that's kind of my point too, though, is it's like we're not in – Look at we have because Stoops to some extent we have that ability to this shocked us this was you know there was never going to be a good time but we can we can sort of stop the bleed or slow the bleed here with Stoops because it's different than you know presumably like Demarco Murray going out on the recruiting trail or someone from the administration or someone from the staff he is a national champion I understand it was you know twenty years ago now but he's a national championship winning coach very winning coach and he's a coach that coached you know only what was it five years ago so these kids that are recruits now would have been in middle school would have been paying attention you know he's not old news he's been you know in the public eye been commentating and stuff so i think it's really important i obviously we're going to get into the recruiting aspect but it is i think very important to have someone that is a proven dedicated head coach like him they can step in and sort of stop the bleed right now because it's like it would be like if Ohio State, like Ryan Day, just goes to them for uh, like a Notre Dame job or something ridiculous, and then Urban came up there, you know, to go to the bars and, and hit on chicks, but also to like go to the press conference and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be here for you guys until you find someone." Like it, it's a very significant thing. So yeah, he's not he's not our future, but he's uh he's the tourniquet that we've put on to uh you know keep us from bleeding out too bad. He's the guy who shows you like, look, this organ this organization still cares about you this uh, administration still cares and even though yeah he's not going to be out there coaching you on the sidelines you know it, it's still a bit of flash to that carries a little bit of weight it's I, I i don't know as good as the assistants are that are with him um i don't know there there's just a little 
a little panache to having Bob Stoops walk in your door. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, and let's be honest, he knows how to work a room. Yeah, it, I think I think it is very positive to have a spokesperson in him. Um, but I don't know how many recruits look at Bob Stoops in that speech and just like, oh, thank thank God Bob Stoops came to talk with me. I'm going to stay. You know, it's like he's just a person who's convincing. It's his message more so than him with these recruits, in my opinion. Because even though you say like they were in middle school whenever Bob Stoops was there, you know, like I don't know how much they really buy into that. Because like whenever I think back to me in middle school, I was just starting to begin, you know, like my really in-depth sports, um, you know, for love. And it's kind of you kind of things hit a little bit different as your brain develops going into high school. Um, so I think it's just you. If you have a good spokesman who's convincing, I think it's more so the message. And from what it sounds like, he has been delivering the message to a lot of people. And I really want to hammer this in as well, just because like he's not the only coach that's out on the road. Everyone that did not go with Lincoln is out on the road right now, talking to people or at in-home visits, whether that be in Oklahoma or in Texas or all across the nation. Um, I know specifically Brian Odom, even though there's some questions there, he's been doing. Um, like meetings, same thing with Beatembo. Beatembo is very on the fence if he is going to go or stay. And this new head coach is going to tell a lot of what he wants to do. He's still talking to recruits. And both of those guys are probably, you know, up there with Jamar Kane and DeMarco Murray as more influential guys out there talking right now. There's, there's certain recruits that I would think that maybe you would even consider coming back if we retain some of those coaches. And I'll get into that in the crew and corner. Uh, just a little quick crew and corner you know, pre, you know, I don't know, you know, appetizer. Uh, Steve Waltfong of 247 just said that uh, uh, Jake Taylor, hard commit to OU, um, has just declined a USC in-home visit and official uh, visit uh, invite. So that's he's good at least. Las, he's a Las Vegas kid, and DeMarco Murray is really hitting hard with all these Las Vegas kids. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's two other Las Vegas kids that are feeling pretty good about Oklahoma still, at least um, publicly. Yeah. Well, sure. I do want to say, you know, it's obviously all conjecture at this point, but we are sort of at a point where, you know, obviously things are, this has not been the press conference. And then, you know, Joe and Joe, uh, Tom and Greg went home and, uh, hmm. you know, went to sleep. And then, you know, Bob went out on the trail. Like there is active, you know, work towards the coach. And, and you have to assume that as soon as we get into, you know, the point where, the lawyers are because this is not something that happens snap in spite of what Lincoln Riley will tell you. This is not something that can get thrown together in in 24 hours. So we could very potentially have a coach right now that we're just at the point where the lawyers on either side are, are working together and throwing together a contract. And you have to assume that to some extent the recruits are getting more privileged information than we're getting. So I, I do think there is some value to having Bob Stoops come to your house and say, hey, you know, I know you had a commitment to this, but I, I think we're screwed for quarterbacks for a while. But we hey, are. You're, you're going <laughs> to come in. You're going to come in and do this. And I just want to tell you, you know, from from me, Bob Stoops, to you, we got you know insert name here coming in, and we're working on finalizing the deal right now with insert name coming in as as the coordinator. And I just want you to know that before you make any decisions or anything else, just give me a few weeks to wait on the news sort of thing as well, which, which is, you know, very possible. That's, that's to some extent how that stuff works. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, also, the thing is, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say USC has thrown so much money at, at uh, Lincoln Riley. Eventually they're going to run out of money to throw players. So hopefully we can <laughs> more money at players. Oh goodness. Yeah. So here, here's, here's the thing with, uh, with a lot of this coaching things. I think we really need to talk about this. Um, and it's pretty, you know, the, probably the biggest thing what everyone wants to know is like, who's going to be the next coach of Oklahoma and Brent Venables is the name right now. Um, to people on Twitter, they saw his son, who's currently safety at, uh, uh, Clemson, you know, putting down the horns down. And that is quite telling, uh, DJ Uyagalele was also in that picture, but no, it seems like his dad is on Twitter. Dad's on Twitter loose, like dad's gone wild, um, claiming that Brent Venables is not leaving. But I think it's pretty clear that if Brent gets that job offer, you know, he's going to go to OU just from reading the tea leaves. But I think it's quite telling right now that there's not a head coach, you know, in position with this close to signing day. Um, if, you know, there was a list kind of already created on the side by Castiglione, which he said, that we don't already have one public because it's causing a lot of scrambling from guys like Bob and the other coaching staff 
that, that we have on the road right now. So that makes you think, is there another candidate out there right, right now that couldn't, that we're still going after for and hoping that couldn't publicly accept the job because they're in a current, you know, predicament or championship college football or, or in the NFL. Um, so I would yeah. not be surprised if it might go a little bit later past these championships or, you know, maybe in the playoffs, cause we can talk about plenty of candidates that right now, you know, like a Luke Fickle or of, out of um, Cincinnati or even like a Matt Rule at Carolina, even though he's had a rough couple of years, you know, that's a guy that in the Big 12 is highly respected and is a high-character guy. And it's been dealt a really bad hand in Carolina with Sam Darnold and him <laughs> getting hurt and Christian McCaffrey's soft paper tissues of <laughs> the kind of muscle or ligament that he has. Um, it's it's honestly – <laughs> yeah, honestly. So, I mean, I, there's, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if it's not Venables, we continue to see it for a little bit because Venables, you know, is probably ready to go if he wants it. Yeah, no, and I, I concur because that, that press conference, right, was we talked – he talked about having a list of guys immediate, but then he also said it might be, you know, smoke and mirrors, uh, tomfoolery, trickery, but he did say that they were getting calls from guys that you would – and this is his quote – would never expect uh, to coach at Oklahoma. So Belichick, I didn't say it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I feel like if it doesn't happen quickly, it is some of those, one of those guys. I fully agree. But um, Venerables is, is clearly the name in the the clubhouse that it's at the top of the list, has a connection at OU. Uh, Obvious from everything I've heard uh, in, in, in terms of how he's, he speaks about the job, you know, around Clemson circles, he seems like he's all in on it. Uh, has fond memories, no bad blood from uh, the breakup before. So um, he, he could be a good fit. Uh, the former players love him. Uh, Bob still likes him. Administration still has a connection with uh, Castiglione. So it, I think it could be a great fit. Um, but uh, agreed, if, if this thing drags on, it's probably not him. Because yeah, Clemson... when's the cutoff on that, you think, Bobby? How much later would you wait throughout this week? Because we started hearing Venables, like rumbles, like legitimate rumbles, um on a monday afternoon so it's been about 24 hours a little over 24 hours um you know time is precious right now how much longer do we wait until you think we're starting to worry it's not going to be venables i man i i feel like that is more of a you know if it if it doesn't get wrapped up in like four or five days then i'd get worried because mm -hmm. yeah there is also the possibility right that and not to you know over speculate but there's also the possibility that maybe it is venables and we've made the decision to not announce until we get a full staff in coordinators and everything and there's also a possibility that it is venables and and he said hey you know let me break it to my guys and i don't want it to be done until we're done playing games so um you know that's a possibility i, I will take I a counterpoint to that ty because i guarantee you and i feel like a lincoln riley and brian kelly have been getting a lot of bad rap this if the guy accepts the job first of all it is in his interest right now to get it as soon as possible because the timing of um, recruiting and two i guarantee you that lincoln and brian kelly are not spineless beings that they've just been completely thrown out to be right now because you can't whenever you get that job you have to accept it obviously and you're not going to tell your players that you got the job you know and you're going there before you accept it and as soon as you accept it there is a lot of people in the front offices that have sources that send them out and then Bruce Feldman or somebody else sends it to Twitter before you can organize a time with your players to get them all together. So I kind of hate all this, like, you know, like how dare he let this get to the media before he can announce it? You know, like I guarantee you if he had it his way, the media wouldn't leak it. But there's so many sources in college um, athletic departments that there's no chance that it's going to happen. So it's either you announce it to your players before you accept it to the the job which is extremely risky because something falls through and then oh shit i just told my <laughs> to my team i'm yeah. leaving and i can't and i've just tanked myself or you just look like an asshole so it's kind of a double-edged sword here and i'm gonna just take that side because i just think it's bs well, yeah, I, mean, no, I, I agree it, it's not there's not a good way to leave them and you know i think there's there are two sides to it because there's no good way to leave a college football job especially oh, a high profile one anymore. Uh, but at the same time, you're also taking, telling all these kids, uh, you know, letting them find out that way. Um, 
that, that these kids who who you visited with their parents and talked with them and you know took them in and said you're with the program, you're also leaving them out to dry. So they have a right to be mad. I, I and you know the fans have a right to be mad. I think it's okay to be mad. Um, but at the same time, I, I I see where they're coming from. I just I don't I don't I don't know. I I don't think there's a a, a true moral way to do it um, anymore, uh, especially in. Especially because it, it very much seems like Lincoln Riley has been planning this for quite a while. Let's be honest. Uh, I, I don't think he made a move to go to L.A. What uh, was it that he heard that this first college team that he talked to other than the OU was on Sunday morning to USC? Garbage. Yeah, no, in six hours I decided to move all the way over there. I, I struggle plan, you know, planning out what I want for dinner in six hours, let alone that. Like, it's the, ridiculous. Uh, you guys didn't say it on the podcast, and I haven't really heard anyone else say it. I know it's a very fringe belief, but um, I, I do want to say the only way that I would believe that Lincoln Riley legitimately made the USC decision in 24 hours is only if he made the decision to go to LSU over the past couple months and then right in the last moment audibled it when he got a better offer from USC. Like he didn't choose to leave OU. I I understand maybe things, you know, he wasn't happy here, uh, which is kind of obvious, but um that doesn't happen in 24 hours like like that. Mm-hmm. So the the only way that I'm buying that he legitimately got a call from USC and said, I'll go is if he was already going somewhere else. So that is a theory. Um, but my thought process is more, you know, the USC thing was a little bit better under wraps and the LSU thing got a little tiny leak. And maybe the LSU thing was more artificially made to help him boost up his uh, USC negotiation tactics yeah. because the, the LSU thing had smoke, but not a lot of fire. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal. Cause I think, think a lot of people didn't think Lincoln Riley would go to a, you know, USC program on its deathbed and then try to revive it. But you know, it makes sense. It, it all, it all does make sense. I guess it is a ground to re- rebuild for sure. Um, I do think it'll be harder. I think it'll be a little bit harder than he thinks um, to to get instant success. I I don't know that it'll be that hard for him to win the conference in in a few you know Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. Any anyway. So uh, one name we haven't talked about uh, the uh, Lanning, the defensive coordinator out of Georgia. Um, Jameson, what do you think about that hire potentially? Do you? Yeah, I hit on it a little bit, um, very very briefly in our emergency pod. Um, just cause I was thinking of like, who are people that are young and up and coming and like, who's a unit right now that is like blowing people away and should be like held responsible for. And he's only 35 years old. And I feel like a lot of people are throwing his name, but I don't know how legitimate really it is because I haven't heard much about him, like being the sole reason of this stellar Georgia defense and all that stuff. And I don't know how much of his handprints actually on that system. And to be completely honest with you, um, I just, I, I just can't see it. Uh, you can call me, tell me I'm wrong, but um, I just don't have enough information on who he is as a coach. And he doesn't have that long of a coaching history. And um, to be honest with you, uh, unless he's some Sean McVay type of person, I, I maybe he needs a couple more years and maybe not go straight to OU and from this position. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's tough because, you know, obviously has a lot of, uh, you know, upside. But again, Georgia has a lot of five stars. So that that certainly helps a lot. Uh, he's a guy, I, I'm with you, like a lot of people have pointed to like, oh, he's like another Bob Stoops, you know, young up and coming defense coordinator. But uh, Stoops have been at it for a, a lot, a lot longer than he had. So we'll see how that works out. Landing kind yeah. of the uh, Joe Brady vibes in the sense that, you know, maybe he's at Georgia for a few years. Uh, they do really good, like they're on track to do this year, you know, and, and really dominate, especially defensively. And then uh, just get super fat money to go to the NFL and to build his resume. Well, he's so young. No, and if I, it I comes out, if it comes out that it's his, like, like he implemented this new system, you know, and made Georgia's defense next level in the offseason. Yes, I agree it could be a Joe Brady thing. But Joe Brady's thing was he brought the New Orleans Saints passing attack to LSU, something that completely took college football by storm. And his attack is, you know, 
something that everyone wants in their system because how much it blew up college football. I don't, I don't know if the scheme of Georgia and the coaching of it is what got him across. Or like Bobby said, there's just a lot of good players plus a little bit of good coaching equals a great team. Um, Cause LSU definitely had their great offensive players, but it was clear as day that um, that scheme was something unique that a lot of people weren't ready to see from an sec offense. For sure. For sure. So, Jameson, if we do go with a defensive-minded head coach, which I feel like a lot of the suggestions have been that, uh, we still have the matter of an offensive coordinator because Lincoln Riley Mm. didn't have one, obviously. So what direction, what names have you seen, and what would you like to see, uh, you know, who would you like to see uh, slop on that headset? I think the name that, like, the only really name I've seen talking about offensive coordinator is, is Levy, you know, Jeff Levy from Ole Miss. And I understand, we kind of talked about it a little bit, there is going to be a little bit of guilty by association because of his past with the Bryle situation. And um, I don't know, is it kind of gross that he's coming from a Lane Kiffin coaching tree now? Uh, do you, do you want to hop on the Lane Kiffin coaching tree? Um, I want to no, take I, the whole I, staff. Oh, but yeah. it, se- it seems like, the fans are enamored with it and the people that are like inside like the idea of a levy. And um, no matter for the most part out of the candidates we're talking about, I don't see us being a team like we were in the past where um, Lincoln is your head coach and offensive coordinator. We're going to have offense corner and defense corner and head coach uh, from what, from what it's looking like. And that might be a breath of fresh air for a lot of um, uh, people and fans because uh Sometimes when one person has too much on their plate and they're juggling too much, you can see a dip in performance. And that's what a lot of people might be pointing to with Lincoln's play calling this year. Uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I, Ty has been a big, big, like, hater on the double, you know, OC uh, head coach type of duty, uh, I believe. Yeah, I, I just think, I think in the current world, you know, dual hatting is is sort of, a bit much when you're so involved when you're as involved as you know as lincoln is i i i like the and i don't want to you know continue to, to talk him up too much but like the Saban thing where like the head coach has the final say defense offense whatever it is he knows exactly the play that's happening and exactly the personnel changes that are happening every single time but he's not the one necessarily calling them and he just has a rotating carousel of coordinators and, and assistants there that are able to do that. And he sits there and has the veto power, but is paying attention to the game itself. I, there is so much to being so committed to offensive and defensive uh, play calling and, and stuff during the game. And then just the work off time that I just don't in the modern college football era, it does not make sense with that. I've been, I, I don't, and I don't want to toot my own horn too much, obviously like, in hindsight or, or sound bitter, but that has been a big criticism that I've constantly hammered. And and when it comes to the OC outside of Levy, I couldn't name you a, a name. Um, but I, I do think that literally any name, as long as we have a firm OC, who's going to be the play caller, a firm DC, who's going to be the play caller. And then a head coach who is not necessarily like a, a monarch, so to speak, in, in sort of the, the modern uh, English sense, but someone that is, truly the head leader they're there vetoing all the decisions they're being the figurehead uh and, and they're being the boss we don't need sort of a someone that's that's down you know obviously not to get into leadership styles but we don't need someone that is into the technical details and then also up you know the big stuff we need like the elon musk sending crazy tweets being a good Ooh. figurehead and and being that's... a visionary going to the factory and you know saying like crazy stuff but like Elon is not on his computer every night, like working out calculations for the rockets, right? Or like he's not working out the calculations for the boring company or for Tesla. He is the overall leader. He's the personality, the figurehead, which is where I really do like. Uh, if we're not going to get Saban, if we're not going to get <laughs> if we're not going to get Saban, Urban, or Belichick, uh, I do like Brent Venables uh, for for that role because yeah. I want someone that's going to go in the locker room and get people hyped up. I don't want someone that's going to beat you know, freaking West Virginia, 16 to 13 or whatever the score of that, like it was 16, 13. Yeah. Like we don't, that should never happen. That should never happen when you're a team like Oklahoma. I understand we've had a down year, but like I am tired of OU teams. I would rather have an OU team that is shittier, but it comes into games ready to play no matter what it is than whatever the heck this year was 
where we were like, I don't know what this is, but we're going to play down to everyone and we're going to, you know, maybe kind of play up sometimes. But as long as it's not this year, I would take one more loss on our schedule if we just blew everyone out that we were supposed to, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree with that because I, you know, less losses are better, obviously. Well, yeah, but... but also, like, the way we played, I, I that was so garbage and so frustrating. And it's just purely infuriating. Purely infuriating for sure. Um, one of, I want to give a couple thoughts on Levy. I like, I, I, I'm a little sketched by the Baylor thing, but I think all of that will come out in a background check, investigation, that sort of stuff. Um, Obviously has a lot of success and the OU ties help. You know, he was a graduate or uh, he was a graduate assistant here. Uh, less good OU tie. He was the the Baylor coach who uh, wore a Tulsa hat on the sideline and like was sneaking around. That was not great. But you know what? I, I can forgive. I can forgive him for that one because uh, I, I don't know. I think I think that could be a good fit. Um but again, I, I think nothing happens without you know vet make sure making sure he's fully vetted and it it is at very least a guilty by association sort of deal, uh, because I I don't know I I feel like running a moral program in that sense you know ethical in that sense is is very very important. Um, mm, anyways, yeah. So Jameson, uh, uh, what were we gonna say? I'm sorry. No, I I think that I think that's definitely key. And to be honest. Uh, other than that, there's like you said, there's really not much smoke when talking about offensive coordinators and candidates, and that's quite telling. Um, and I, I think that there, we're going to – to be honest, I was talking earlier in the podcast about how late we're going to see. I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of get our idea here within the next couple of days. I don't have any information to, like, put that, you know, forward. I'm just kind of going on a hunch here just because of uh, how – pivotal it is to have this put in place now football fans i'm sure we all love an action-packed high-scoring nfl game but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl you'll be a winner once a single point is scored new customers who bet just one dollar on any team to score can win 100 dollars in free bets it's just that simple of course, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, like Oklahoma, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. That is TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gaming problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. We can talk about you know, some of the players leaving and uh, the recruits too. And do we want to talk about Oklahoma state this podcast? I, that feels like it was 80 years ago. I, it, uh, I, so I legitimately, I did not get an opportunity to even watch the game and I haven't watched it. Once I learned we lost, I didn't watch anything. You're before, kidding so. me. You did no, not, not watch I'm it. Literally not. No, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, my choice, but yeah. Oh, that's tough. Well, I, yeah. I had no clue. I, the next morning I was like, Oh, I better figure out if we won or lost. So uh, wow, I was not in jail to to clarify. <laughs> okay, that's, that's good. It was a that's possibility. Good. Yeah, you guys know. Were you poisoned? Uh, <laughs> Were you roofied? Uh, by myself. Oh, yeah, uh, Well, <laughs> we do a little poison. <laughs> oh God. Well, uh, Chris Plank, OU sideline reporter, is actually just saying that he he expects Brent Venables to be the next head coach at OU any minute now. Um, no telling oh, how much well, he so actually we've been knows. That for but days now, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Been waiting it's for been it. two days. I, I will say, well, we were hearing, you know, yesterday and, and the day before that, that Venables would be announced at the press conference. But I, mm. so I do want to say, you know, quick programming note on the air. I think let's uh, let's try to stick with sort of the current team. Uh, and I do want to talk about it. I want to hear you guys' thoughts on people that are leaving. Uh, and then before we roll into, you know, the Cruton corner where who knows what happens. Uh, you know, people that aren't even on the team yet can leave at, at any time. So I do want to hear 
you know, Stoggs and, and some of the other dudes that are uh, expectant to be on the way out. Yeah. So um, who we have on our way out? Our, our transfer portal guys, uh, obviously the biggest name, Spencer Rattler. We all thought this was coming anyways, regardless of Lincoln. He is in the portal uh, with the intention to leave. Um, the two locations looking like UCLA, which would be fun. Or uh, Arizona. Oh, no way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm serious. This is what we're hearing. UCLA which uh, or um, Arizona State, which is something I floated in the past. So those are the <laughs> I, two. I, I think it's UCLA would make sense. Arizona State has Jalen Daniels, you know, um, and we can say that Jalen Daniels was not good. But, oh, my God, that'd be so freaking funny having UCLA, USC as Spencer Rattler. Rattler, oh, Rattler God, is please. such a DTY replacement. Spencer too. and Chip. Like, like he he will have one legitimate Heisman moment per game, but then the rest of the game is going to be garbage. That's such a DTY oh, thing. Oh no, he's not garbage. Come on, he's mm. an MVP. At UCLA. I'm talking about Bill Aaron Turner. Yeah, no, I'm not talking. About oh yeah, Spencer yeah. Rattler. No, don't don't insult DTY. Oh like no, that. no, no, not DTY. Um, <laughs> DTR What are you doing? Yeah. What no. is tied to UCLA's current quarterback who has legitimately won like, oh shoot, this is a Heisman moment per game, but then the rest of the game is just garbage. That is such a great person for Rattler to replace. Yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, DTY. Did not mean to do that to you. You're great <laughs> all the time. Never make mistakes. That's funny. Um and then of course the other headliners, uh uh, Theo Weiss uh, uh, heading to the portal, it seems. Jaden Hazelwood heading to the portal. Seems like his time is definitely done. And then Austin Stockner as well is uh, portaling. So uh, that means that every single one of our uh, big wide receivers slash tight end uh, commits from the 2019 class gone um, with just just no 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 real pomp or circumstance uh you know one went to jail one you know is um you know has injury issues including you know and then stogner you know with the staff infection um and you know theo also hurt so it, it it's disappointing it's frustrating i think a lot of it is just weird incidents but um certainly sad to see him go and i, I gotta ask like stogner clearly was the best one of all of them right like nope, there's no real question about that. No, I think Hazel uh, is better. Well, production wise, but Stogner was in a one-off position. You know, he was like the firm, you know, main tight end on the team. And are Lincoln we talking about a, overall? Are we talking like, about talent? Or are we talking well, most? I, I think the most significant loss to the team when we're just looking at the bowl game. Yeah, it's Stogner for sure, because you know we've we've had our W who's WR one, you know, talks all the time about our receivers, you know, and, and when you look at Weez and Hazelwood, there was never a firm one uh, losing your, your starting tight end is more significant, especially when you have the I don't, depth kind of implies too much talent or skill in our receiver room. Not that there's not, I think depth implies too much production in our receiver room. Cause there truly isn't that much production. We have way, we have a lot of more receivers, you know, we still have presumably Mims. We have Stoops. Um, you know, Stoops is not going to leave with his dad. That Obviously. would just be a little awkward. <laughs> the only thing that can make this any crazier is Stoops entering Stoops. the transfer portal. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, but it's it, it certainly is a bummer to lose all of them. Um, but it's not. I, I thought we'd lose some. I thought Hazelwood was a goner. Uh, Theo Weiss is a mild surprise, but um, and a little with Stog. I don't know. He had a, he had a good Bedlam yeah. game. Uh, definitely his best of the season. So. The thing with the thing with Hazelwood is, you know, he's either going to go, you know, forwards or backwards. He can't move laterally worth a shit. So, yeah, Jameson, oh, what, what what what's your what, what are your thoughts? That joke, I, I thought it would do so much. I know, I, I got I got it, I got it, but I was oh, you got me in the wrong timeline. It came too quick. So yeah, I think it's not a coincidence that offensive sides of the ball are coming out quicker in terms of I'm leaving because their coach, their offensive coordinator is gone. I understand position groups, um, you know, specifically running back, or is not saying anything because DeMarco Murray has been so vocal. Um, but uh, the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, they're gone because they were Lincoln's guys. I understand we can talk about wide receiver. And, no, Dennis Simmons is gone too. Um, so that makes sense. I still think there's plenty and plenty and plenty of more people that are going to be leaving. 
um, because they're kind of hanging in right now because they have time to hang in. There's no point currently to get in the transfer portal urgently because unless you truly know you're gone um, because there's so much more to go with the season and then a full off season where you can decide to move at that point. So right now, a lot of our defensive players are kind of sitting around saying, okay, um, I'm just going to sit here for a bit and I'm going to see who's going to stay on this coaching staff. And, and for example, if I am a linebacker and I really enjoyed my time here, but if they completely sack Odom, I I'm gone. Uh, so that, that's kind of my thought process here, but I would not be surprised to see a lot of transfers in the secondary room, just because if we're talking defense, just because of there's been a lot of, there's just a lot of guys there that have a lot of talent and just didn't play a lot. And um, our D line's already going to take a hit in general, just because a lot of guys are eligible to go to the draft. Um, so just wait, honestly, we're going to see a lot more hit the transfer portal. It's just the offensive guys are coming early because it, there's no chance they'd come back no matter who we hire. Yeah. The the floodgates are, yeah, they're, I don't even think they're, they're open yet. You know, the, the little, little hole has, has cracked in the dike and, and Bob Stoops is a little boy with his finger in it. Uh, we're just waiting <laughs> on the, the next one. Just, it's uh, just a little boy. Yeah. It, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Um, at least until we get a until we get a coach, that is the point where we can really turn this thing around. Um, in terms of portaling guys, um, you have to be a little worried about Williams as well. Obviously, uh, huge. The the rumor is right now th- that he's going to stay for the Bulls and you know continue workouts with the team, uh, and then you know make a make a decision after that. But um, you know that. That's kind of priority number one in terms of roster stabilization, in my opinion, is figuring out Caleb first. Uh, because I, I, with, with a lot of the coaching guys we're, we're keeping, um, you know, Beatonbow obviously seems like he's a, a Norman Lane, uh, and then DeMarco's obviously staying for good and has been, you know, keep, keeping him and you know on staff with with the rec- with the recruiting edge uh, with running backs has been huge. So uh, hopefully. You know, it, it it seems like the line and the um and and the running back core have been the most you know stable of the recruits, and I'm 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 spilling over into Jameson's time. I'm sorry, buddy. Let's let, let, let me hit your Ty. What are you going to say before I hit? Oh, his I, music? I I do. I have a sort of a conspiracy theory on Beaton, but that's that's real quick. I I think looking at his con, he was on a two year contract. He's got one year left. I think like we've always been talking about Beaton Bow. I think probably is NFL bounds. I feel like his decision, and I'm not trying to discount it. You know, I, we can't ask for anything more from the guys given us tremendous stuff, but I think his decision is probably finish out my, you know, next year at OU finish out that contract and then go to the NFL. Like there's no reason for him to go somewhere and commit to like a rebuilding process. Right. Cause that's going to just prolong his time. Even if he's making more money, you know, I think a better career decision maybe for him is to, Right out the last year at OU and then reevaluate. So I think that maybe is a possibility. We'll see. We'll see for sure. But um, yeah, Jameson mentioned an uh, important thing in the private chat here. Let's talk about if Caleb leaves, who we want to kind of fill that spot. Because uh, it's fun. Because I know fun. we're getting ahead of ourselves, but we, let's just kind of just check who's in the portal right now. We'll we'll revisit this list uh, in a in a couple weeks, whenever he actually does leave, and then uh, double content. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, so the best quarterback right now in the in the portal, and I understand this is not optimal, is Dylan Gabriel of UCF. What y'all got any thoughts on Dylan Gabriel? That would be a very sad downgrade, but I, I think he's okay. <laughs> oh, but just here's, wait, here's just a wait. Hold on. Well, it, it's even worse now that AR fifteen seems like he's staying. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he just he just tweeted out a uh, you know a a. a, a the scared money don't make none, which is apparently a, uh, you know, a, a big thing for. Gosh, I'm blanking on the the uh, new Florida coach. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, James. The guy you've been tooting his horn for. I, I've been lot, tooting his time. horn for so long, and I already forgot it. It's, Louisiana head coach. Yeah, I. It, it, it's killing me. It's been a long day, long couple days. Um, it's not going to come to me, is it? No, Here's a wild one. Billy Napier. Billy Dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let, 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 I want to hear your wild one, Ty. 
Guess who still has a year of eligibility? He's been Charlie, playing. Charlie understand, Brewer. I understand there's no, no, no. And it's not Tate Martell either. And <laughs> I understand I understand there was a big interruption in there. But uh, a, uh, a guy by the name of McKenzie Milton has another year in college football. Oh, 2017 guy, national God. champion. National <laughs> champion quarterback oh from like four I, years I, ago still playing college. I, oh, that's so sad. I don't know yeah, if we is. can take him. He's just well, more of a field like He's like Alex. He's like Alex really? Smith. You know, Alex Smith came back and played for Washington football team for a little bit, and he'd go back to pass, and everyone would hold their breath every single snap, and he just yeah. for like a little six yard like slant. Or, Dude, what about know. what about Tua's brother? From uh, Maryland, oh, he's horrible, dude. He's horrible. J- Jameson from Maryland. <laughs> yeah, but he, he threw he threw five picks against Iowa. Yeah. No, honestly, I'm just talking about guys currently that are in the portal. Obviously, I would hope that if Caleb left, we would grab a guy that's not currently in the portal, and that would be high, highly regarded. Um, but. What if so? I already said it earlier. Whenever I was trying to guess, what about Charlie Brewer? How, does that what your whistle, Bobby? Yeah. Charlie Brewer does not, but he, hey, here's a guy who just entered the portal tonight. Jake Hayner from uh, Fresno State. Oh man, we'll have Ooh. to ask uh, Blake about that. I did not. I've not seen that one yet. I I love Jake Hayner. That would be that'd be fun. But a Brewer, little interesting that they're already putting their name in the portal because a lot of the times, you know, we talk to them, be like, "Hey, come to Oklahoma," and then they say they're in the portal, and then they come. So maybe that he's already in the portal is a little bit dicey um, because we're still waiting on answers from Caleb Williams. Um, so other teams will probably be ahead of us in that uh, regards. Uh, what about uh, good old J- – remember Jacob Zeno from Baylor? He's in the portal right now. What you think about that? <laughs> remember him awful. just working last year? I know this is really bad. What about Tommy DeVito from Syracuse? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yes, just for the memes. Yes. Just for the memes. Yes, yes, I need that. Just, just, just so you can have a. I, I just love the Devito thing. I would literally, uh, yeah, I would not even if we were asked because I think we're going to be anyways. I wouldn't even be mad. How can you be yeah. mad at Tommy Devito? Oh, yeah, yeah it, that, it, that's that's a really about it. You know, in the portal, it's a it's a little shaky. There's some other names that are better than the guys I listed, but those were some of the funny ones. Uh, but uh, yeah. I, I like I've seen some people on the message boards talk about oh you quarterback Charlie Brewer next year as a gap, and I'm like a gap for what? We don't have anybody again in 2022. We need somebody for that two would years. Be wild, yeah. And, oh my god, I ugh. it's it's going to be ugly if we lose Caleb, guys. I mean, we we can beg Chandler Morris to to come back. <laughs> oh, that mean? I don't know. We just uh, need to go. It, here's the thing, right? Is it's like. I understand like things become obsolete, but there becomes there develops this sort of certain novelty to things. Cause look at look at like the triple option, right? The triple option has been obsolete for the longest time, but it gives people just crazy fits whenever they have to face it because it's become so obsolete that no one has a defense that's really built to deal with it, more or less. The wishbone. Oh god. No, I think right. the wishbone all is right. old enough now. It's old enough now this, that maybe this it would absolutely. Do we want to be Georgia Tech? No. Maybe, well, uh, we're not. Do you no. want our program just to turn to dust? You know what the difference? Well, we're already on that path, so we might as well. And if it did, okay. Doom Ugh. is a great movie. You know, dust is not bad. Okay. Well, all right. Give Jameson, me, give me the new Cruton Corner. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. We. we Bobby we can't have. We can't. We can't have the happy. Go! Go! Live your life! Oh my god, that was amazing. Visual listening to this, y'all need to go look this online. Yeah, post this on like Twitter or something, Bobby, please. Visual people Yeah, cut the short, make it into a meme. Visual people need to see that one. It was very good. Um so anyways, Jameson, live your life. Jameson and I had no warning of that either. That was No. They, they, I wish y'all could could see their faces when that was playing. It was uh, very good. So, Jameson, uh, I see we, we 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 have told many a recruit to go live their life. Uh, who, who, what, what, what's the damage? 
Yeah, let's let's go down the list of our decommitments, unfortunately, and kind of uh, you know get an idea of what's going on and what's probably to come. And we could start with 2023 because that's been the hot button thing. Um, if you just watched, you saw Chicken Rooster Malachi Nelson leaving me, and it's very <laughs> sad. Uh, but he is already committed to USC and Lincoln Riley. He's completely already turned. This is a 2023 guy. This is a guy that's not signing this year. He's already moved over, and he's got a whole another year of his recruitment. That's how like how much allegiance he has to Lincoln Riley. Um, and his best friend, Makai Lemon, decommitted as well today. Um, so I would not be surprised that since they're a package deal, you see Makai Lemon, five-star wide receiver, moving on to USC. Um, Brandon Ennis was another guy that was with him. He decommitted on the 28th, uh, right as that news happened. And that's another guy. Would he want to go travel? But here's the big thing with the 2023 guys. Um, yes, we did lose Trey on Webb, but the guy who's playing with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon right now at Los Alamitos, a guy who transferred from Las Vegas just to go play with his new quarterback is alleged allegiance to DeMarco Murray in trying to stay at OU as a five-star wide receiver um, in that 2023 class in DeAndre Moore. And that is huge. That shows you how much of a stamp DeMarco Murray has been putting on these recruits and really honing them in. We've already seen it from multiple people um, from the Las Vegas area. We just got news from Steve Wolfong that Jake Taylor isn't even taking a visit from USC. That's how much he believes in um, staying with OU. He's a Las Vegas guy. He is not a running back. Guess what? I guess DeMarco Murray has such a good relationship with those guys in that state. And then also Javante Barnes, not an OU commit, but was a strong, strong OU lean. Um, he is saying that as long as uh, DeMarco's there, they're going to be in my top three group. So DeMarco has been a huge, huge deal in recruiting. And I mean, are you kind of like surprised about this at all? Um, because I'm not really too surprised because DeMarco is a guy who's a high character guy and he was doing really well in recruiting at Arizona and he continues to make a mark and was trying to revive the running back recruiting in Oklahoma. That was a huge flop in the past couple of years. Um, and this class was supposed to be pretty good with having a guy like Relique Brown, who's yet to decommit, but should go to USC. We saw him at a home visit with Lincoln Riley, Dennis Simmons wearing their USC gear with the with his dad so i would not be surprised to see relic switch any moment now we've talked about how he has a son um that is in california um so that's that's a big deal and also um you know like i was talking about gavin sawchuk bringing him in we have not seen anything publicly from gavin sawchuk but if a lot of people are staying you know keeping the allegiance to marco murray I think silence is a great answer. So um, moving on with that, I mean, are you, are you surprised, Bobby, Ty, about DeMarco Murray's, like, you know, people are really, like, hanging in and, like, staying with Oklahoma because of him? I'm not I'm not surprised, honestly, um, because he seems like a good recruiter. Uh, he obviously is dedicated to the school, you know, as a guy who, you know, played, I believe, four years with OU. Um, he four three he was here for four i don't know if he played for four he was he played like as a freshman uh yeah i'm pretty sure as a as a redshirt freshman not not he he got hurt at the end of the season but you know uh or something like that because yeah i seem to remember him playing the championship yeah he played he he got hurt in the the return that kickoff return right against against missouri yeah but yeah he played it was only six to ten yeah he was only he was only out like you know one game it was a very big game, but he was out for it. Uh, but yeah, DeMarco Murray, he, I mean, the guy bleeds crimson and cream. Um, I mean, definitely the crimson. Everyone bleeds crimson. You know, but not everyone bleeds crimson and cream. Uh, so, you know, he, he's an OU guy. I bleed cream. I bleed cream. <laughs> this is going to take a turn real quick. Uh, <laughs> gross. Be, That's not be, what. Uh, Okay, we're moving back, on. We're moving on. Back, the, back the guys owe you through and through. He's doing a great job recruiting. Uh, I know there are a lot of rumors out there that he started yelling at Lincoln Riley. I, I don't really buy that one. Uh, I wish it was true because it'd be damn cool if he did. That'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Yeah. But I need know, a I, shaky cell phone video like of, of DeMarco Murray. I need a Texas, Texas, Riley. Yeah, a Texas, Texas style leak. 
Um, but yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about the other decommitments that we have so far, and then we can kind of do what we did last episode and kind of run through some of the names that have yet to decommit and kind of think where things are standing with them. Uh, Kobe McKenzie, we talked about him last podcast as a guy that was OU through and through, but you know he's very attached, you know, to Lincoln Riley, and especially to Brian Odom, like very very close to Odom. And even though Odom has not said he's leaving yet, Kobe McKenzie he did. Uh, decommit, but he did take an um, in-home visit from Bob Stoops and uh, Brian Odom, where they talked with him a little bit about uh, you know possibly staying and coming back. And he would consider it, but he's kept his um, you know open-minded to teams like Texas and Texas A&M, and even possible USC. Um, but if Brian Odom stays, it's a guy that he swears by as like like an amazing coach, and he really looked up to the way Kenneth Murray's relationship was with Odom in that last year, and how much of a better linebacker that he made him into a first round draft pick, um, and that was a thing that he wanted to be. Um, so if we keep Odom, maybe see McKenzie's foot back in. Demetrius Hunter, Pancake Hunter. Um, I know a lot of people are really sad about this offensive center out of Texas. Um, he, he decommitted. I did not see this one coming with all of the beat and bow, possibly staying, possibly leaving kind of thing. What it seems to be is beat and bow is telling his commits right now and his targets that I cannot absolutely guarantee you that I'm not going to stay. I'm saying, I can't tell you false promises, which I think is really, really meta and smart because he's doing the exact opposite of what Lincoln did saying that I'm going to be here no matter what. And then leaving out of thin air, he's keeping it real with them. And I think the players should and would respect that. And so if beat and bow does end up staying after we announce this head coach, these are type of players that um, might consider hopping back in. And I would not be surprised if a large amount of OU's former commits and targets extend their signing into the late signing period rather than do it early. Um, because that is all A-OK, to be completely honest, if you're still undecided. And then a huge one that hit us really bad. Um, I didn't really have a read on how this guy was going to you know, react to this at all. It was Derek Moore, defensive lineman out of the Baltimore area. And that hurts because, you know, I, I would think, you know, um, we wouldn't keep Tibbs maybe, um, but maybe we would. Um, and him leaving sucks because he was a high-end four-star guy. And um, you don't get high-end four-star defensive linemen often. So it's it's a huge bummer that we lost him. But it looks like Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, um, you know, our five-star 2022 guy um, that I said maybe he could flip back to Texas A&M. He's showing some signs of life, saying that he kind of would stay in Oklahoma. But I still think that you need to wait and see who's going to be his position coach and who he's going to stick with just because, you know, um, he's a guy that um, really bonded well with Lincoln Riley um, and is a man of faith. And I think that uh, – uh, Lincoln really connected with him on that end. And I think that if he doesn't really like the coach, I could see him flipping and going home to Texas A&M close to his family. Uh, but um, you guys want to want me to roll really, really quickly through these commits um, that we have yet and just kind of just give you um, an idea of what's going on. Is that okay? Yeah, hit it. Okay, cool. So um, we hit this the last, last um, pod, but I'll do it again. Gentry Williams was in between USC and Oklahoma and then chose Oklahoma. We have not heard anything from him. And um, if you're a recruit and you're currently committed and you're not saying much, there's two schools of thought. Silence is great. um, And that means he's committed or that means he's still on the fence and he doesn't know what to say. So um, let's wait and see on that one because I'm really worried about Gentry moving off to USC just because he considered in the first point. Um, Gavin Sawchuck, you know, it's hard not to think that um, a running back wants to stay with DeMarco Murray. Um, we'll see how close that they truly are, but it looks like DeMarco Murray is doing a great job. Um, Jacob Sexton, um, awesome offensive lineman, Edmonds kind of started a um, kind of a movement and a hashtag um, of trying to keep OU people, OU commits within the class. And that's really big because, you know, he's he's from Deer Creek, um, Oklahoma, and he uh, is trying to become a leader um, in the movement of keeping people here. So that, that was that was definitely good to hear. It seems like a couple of the other guys from Oklahoma we saw from Robert Spears Jennings, um, safety out of Broken Arrow. Looks like he's kind of falling into that as well. Um, other guys that I had mentioned are still yet to be quiet, but they're a little bit farther down on the star rankings of this 2022 class. 
but I think is by far the hugest ones to watch for. Um, when I'm unsure is Gabriel Brown, Lodendi, Gentry Williams, and Gavin Sawchuk moving forward because I could say Relic Brown is as good as gone, and um, there's probably zero percent chance he's at OU. Yeah, no, it's it's about trying to get those other guys to get rallied around, but I, I feel like the offensive um, people they were they're committed to OU because of Lincoln Riley, and there you go. Um, yeah, what what and I think that's the challenge that. You know, you have to figure out what this next next coach is finding a guy who, you know, who, who's good enough to obviously get you to the NFL. But you're getting there because of because he's a good coach and because OU's a good program, not just because the coach is so good that the program almost doesn't matter. Mm-hmm, definitely, Ty. Um, your Ty's muted. I got any thoughts on Cruton? I kind of gregged it. Yeah. So the the one thought I have on, on recruiting um, is, and it's, I, I don't want it to, it, I think it's a hard pill for, for some OU fans to swallow right now, but you, I, I've been a big proponent since I, actually one of my first sort of monologues on this Schooner pod as a, a full-time uh, co-host was that I want people at OU, regardless of their talent, that want to be at the University of Oklahoma obviously on the coaching side, but on the player side as well. And, and I make that argument. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, even in college. But I would rather take Baker if I had to pick a starting quarterback at college because he loves – and Kyler loved OU as well. But I, I want someone that is crazy about OU, like Baker, like Bob Stoops. Um, but also, at the same time, I'm a big – you know, I know it's I, – I don't believe in it necessarily. I don't believe that all of the players believe in it. But I'm a big, you know – it's also a chance to get an education guy. And I do consider football to be a vocational education uh, for a lot of these guys. In fact, at OU, the highest paid graduates are the ones going on to the NFL, uh, at least initially. So I, I, I do think that I'm not going to fault anyone at all. I don't think anyone should be mad at any recruits for making a decision that is best for them. Like, like these are, you know, sometimes 16, 17, 18 year olds guys and are making decisions that are worth ridiculous sums of money potentially and, and their entire futures. And you don't want them to make the decision that's not best for them. And you don't want them to make the decision that's not, that they're not a hundred percent committed to. Absolutely. And there's no reason to be mad at them for wanting to relook at everything after yeah. a, a, a decision this seismic has been made. There's um, no animosity no. at all. And there shouldn't be. And if there's any, that is absolute gooner. Um, that is like tip top gooner. I think for the most part, everyone already sees the writing on the wall. When a, a recruit decommits, it's just like, oh, it's just like, oh, well, I'm just mad. Everyone was really mean to Pancake, and that made me sad. People are mean to Pancake? Why? Like, come people on. People were very mean to Pancake. He quote, tw- quote tweeted his thing and was like, why are people so hateful with a sad face? No. Like, uh, which is just, oh, it's, it's so embarrassing. Don't tweet at Croots. We've been saying this forever. They're, they're just trying to make the right decision for him. And pancake, you know, I, I'm sad to see you go. You know, the pictures of you throwing all of those pancakes up in the air were great. I'm sad to waste all those pancakes for no reason. But like, you know what, man? I'm not, not going to talk talk crap on you from making the right decision for you and your family. It's ridiculous. Poor pancake. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Now, honestly, screw y'all. Yeah, y- y'all are jerks, and you make the whole sport. Well, not all of y'all, but the the, the gooners who do it, who do that are bad. Not all suit. And again, keep in mind, not all Sooner fans are gooners, but there are some gooners out there that are just atrocious. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Other than that, I think that's it. Um, this is honestly a great pod that I thought we were going to talk about the Oklahoma State game, but the more <laughs> we talk about this, the more I realize it's not even relevant and. Whatever. Congratulations, Oklahoma State. We're cheering for y'all. Um, but uh, I really hope y'all get more respect. Yeah, yeah I do. They should I, get more respect. They got a lot of it today. Sorry, Ty. I'm, go for I'm it. Happy Not for enough. It. Yeah, I'm happy for Oklahoma State. I think they are more – I've been really you know, down on Cincy. I understand they're undefeated, but I think Oklahoma State is legitimately a better team. Do they deserve to be in a playoff? I don't know. But I, I do want to say on the record, I am happy for Oklahoma State, especially with how things turned out for us. I'm glad Oklahoma State won because they value that win to their core. They love that win, and they're going to use it to, to propel themselves forward. So, you know, 
as much as it pains me, uh, we have much worse things that happen to us than a four point loss uh, to a really, really good team. So. It, it was very, it's painful now because I feel like, oh, you could have been in a position to do, to be, in, you know, have a great, a, a great chance at the playoff. Um, especially like, and not only that, I would have loved to be in Dallas right now, but all of that just feels like a billion miles away, uh, right now from what, from the point where we're sitting right now. Um, that's a bummer, but you know what? I, I think it makes more sense to talk about the future, move on. Um, and you know, something like what, what happened on Sunday will, uh, whip you, you know, into forward thinking, uh, very quick. So anyways, Thank you all so much for listening to yet another Scooter Pod. We will be here for you through the entire coaching search, through early signing day, early signing day, and the rest of this uh, certainly crazy off season. Um, we're, I, I guess, excited for it. I, I'm bummed that it ha- that, that I'm bummed that it's happening. But you know what? If we're gonna do it, let's let's have a little fun while we do it. Like. Let's let's have some fun, flight trackers, all that good stuff. So, um, oh, yeah. we're tracking flights now. We're gonna how the how the tables turn, right? This is I, a legitimate tables turn. I, I know how the turn. I, I don't think I'm ever gonna track a um, flight tracker ever again. I don't care. No, no, it's BS. Um, but anyways. also, not every flight is on there. I don't know every commercial flight is, but uh, what if we got the thing called like ADS, and and if you don't have it, which commercial or private planes don't necessarily have to or have to have them turned on they wouldn't show up so that's something to to remember true. someone wants to hide on a private jet from trackers they can't true yeah and Sigalion's not a big uh i don't know fly everyone in guy apparently i don't know anyways this has been the schooner pod thank you all so much for listening we will see you next time when we're talking about championship week on the weekend spread it's the last edition of that folks uh, so can't wait for that. All right. Until next time, have a good one. Boomer sooner. Keep the faith, everyone. We got this.